0: Hello and welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I'm your host Tyler Sweat, an associate pastor here at Highview Church, and I am here today with Pastor Chad Williams and Pastor Josh Hildebrandt. How are you fellas doing? I'm good, man. The gang's all here this morning. I know. Welcome back. Yeah, man. Back, back from
1: Disney and trying to yeah. earn some money to pay off that for the next. <laughs> few years mm, mm. glad to be here.
0: Well, if you would like to support uh I the gotta, fee-
1: I got a go fund me created. Yeah,
0: yeah, go go to the link on art. Our- no, that's that's not true. Um we are uh, glad to be all back together here uh in our studio/office/ slash uh you know, everything room uh here Is at the church. It's just not the same without Josh. It isn't. It isn't. Like last week we tried to we tried to record one. we tried to scrape one together, mm. but we you know I mean, uh, again without, like without the fans It was a
1: great episode though you really it's, think so? Yeah.
0: You think so, Josh? What was your favorite part? What was your favorite part of the episode? I liked the you,
1: the intro music. You like the, the?
0: Yes, yes. That was a, a highlight at the beginning of last episode. If you didn't catch that, uh, we are doing a special giveaway. Uh, that we acknowledged last week in the episode, that we are giving away some copies of Rediscovered Church. And uh, if you haven't done this yet, you can go uh, visit our social media pages, and there's a post about that. If you would, uh, follow the instructions on that post, which are simply this. Find the podcast on Apple Podcast. Give us a nice rating and a review, and share that post. And you could get your very own copy of Rediscover Church, which we're talking about on the podcast. Awesome. Um, it's a new book that's come out. We, we introduced this last week um, on the show. We talked about chapter one, which is uh, kind of covered what is a church. And uh, the authors, Colin Hanson and Jonathan Lehman, have given us uh, a pretty, pretty good, robust definition of what a church is. And this book walks through this definition. And we thought, obviously, since we're uh, a local church podcast, that it would be beneficial for us to talk through this idea of rediscovering Church. Uh, we talked about last week that uh, we're in still kind of that post-COVID season where maybe we're, we're still waiting on some folks to to get back to church, or uh, not just coming back uh, to physically be present at church, but to really rediscover what church is and what it means and what it means right. to be a part of a church. And which that's what we're going to talk about today, starting this conversation uh, about who belongs or who can belong to a church. Uh, I want to begin by reading our definition of. Uh, what a church is from Rediscover Church, uh, and it's this. A church is a group of Christians who assemble as an earthly embassy of Christ's heavenly kingdom to proclaim the good news and commands of Christ the King, to affirm one another as his citizens through the ordinances, and to display God's own holiness and love through a unified and diverse people in all the world, following the teaching and example of elders." Um,
2: is that one sentence?
0: Yeah, there's so, lots of run on. lots of commas and semicolons and all that good stuff. I like it. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty robust um, explanation of what a church is. And today we're going to spend some time talking through breaking down the first uh, first statement, the first affirmation in this uh, description, which is that a church is a group of Christians. Yep. Right. Simply put, a Simple church. Enough is a gathering, specifically a local church, is a local gathering, an assembly of Christians. Um, So this particular chapter is really highlighting that idea that uh, those who can belong to a church are those who belong to Christ, right? Those who are, uh, as the author puts it, baptized Christians. Um, So let's spend some time talking about this. You guys obviously planted a church eight years ago and since then have been adding people as members to Highview Church. Kind of tell me, uh, maybe even... From early on, what have been some of the key kind of fundamental things you guys have looked for as you have wanted to build a church that has a high view of church membership?
2: Yeah, that's good. Uh, good good plug there. Appreciate that. Yeah. No, always good. Uh, well, I think that when you are planting uh, a church, um, you, you you learn quickly the difference in gathering a crowd and building a church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, because you have people, particularly in the church, early days of church planting, you have a lot of well wishers, and mm. like they're not going to be a part of that church body long term. They're, you know, they're helping out. They're uh, they're showing up, supporting you yeah. in some way, kind of um, providing some um, warm bodies to help out and get the thing off the ground. But they're not going to be a part of the church long long term. So mm. uh, you quickly learn that um, that the church it's not less than the gathering but it's more than the gathering. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, And so within that gathering, you're going to have people who are committed Christians who want to be a part of that church over the long haul and and are in it together, in covenant together with another. And then you're going to also have people who, um, even to this day, we have people who uh, they attend high view. They probably consider high view, their church, Mm -hmm. but they're not technically a part of our church. They're not members of our church. Right. And so um, within that gathering, um, there are people who are, uh, are covenant members with us and uh, we know and, and can vouch for and have baptized, for example, and then we have others who are uh, are not. Uh, so I think it's just important kind of starting out, particularly what I've seen the importance of as a church planter is the evolution of who the church is and, and understanding, like who are the, like who are the church, is a better way. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. Like, I know right. that's not like yeah, you know what I mean, but yeah, like who are these people? Right. And uh, what am I responsible for towards them? Like, what what is my mm-hmm. responsibility as a pastor to them? Right. It's a it's a responsibility I have to them that I don't have to everyone just because they attend our gathering or mm-hmm. watch our live stream. Yep. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think that's well said. I remember early on at High View. Uh, we did what you know a lot of church plants do. We had preview services, and and the goal of that preview service is just to to kind of invite some people. So you got your family members, you right. got people that are members of other churches coming to yeah. support you, and and you know you might be confused or um or wrongfully think you know when you look out at that first preview service you go oh, here's the church. Not mm. necessarily it's just an assembly of people, sure. but as Chad yeah. said, you know there's a group within that group, mm. um. You know that the church began to form from, yeah, and that kind of happened over time. But slowly, what happened is, um, as we you know went through our membership process and started rolling that out, then we started to see people that actually covenanted with us. And so then, from the pastoral perspective, we start to feel the weight of, hey, we're not just gathering a crowd of people, but we're caring for a soul, right? You know, and and that's the difference really between the gathering and who the church is Mm -hmm. in the midst of that gathering. Who are we responsible for? caring for.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I want to mention, uh, actually pull out something both of you mentioned in your, your, uh, answers there. Um, you both mentioned, uh, a membership process and be the, the idea of being covenant members. Right. Um, so I want to ask you guys a little bit more about that. Um, uh, obviously we, we still have a membership process and if you're listening and you're uh, a member of high view, obviously you have been through that process. Uh, there's several steps along the way, uh, some kind of, uh, checks and balances so we know not only know who's joining but they know what they're getting into as well right um but if you're not a member of five you and maybe you're just listening and you're, you're from another church um i, I know i grew up in, in contexts where um there wasn't really the, the membership process was you you can decide you walk down you talk to the pastor yeah you sign a card sure. um, and boom you're you're a member well uh, right. they might they reach out and they get your letter you know they, they make sure they get you on the get you officially on the roll but uh, other than simply just inquiring and asking, there wasn't a process. So why why do we have a process? Why do we have some some sort of steps that we require people to take for membership?
2: Yeah. I, well, I think the biggest reason um, for that for having that process in place is understanding that we have it as. You know, uh, confessionally, as Baptist. We believe that mm-hmm. the that the church, the congregation, the the members of the church, yeah, are the highest authority uh, collectively uh, in the church, right? Uh, and so, um, and 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 there's there's lots of places where I'd, I could point to where, where that be the case. But Matthew eighteen is a prime example, like mm-hmm. a, of um, the final step of church discipline. It's not tell it to the elders; it's right. tell it to the church. And the church then removes that right. per, the unrepentant sinner from from it. So, right, because um, so many of these types of decisions, like I just mentioned there in Matthew eighteen, with church discipline, for example, um, are is made by the the actual members of that church. Um, it is in the best interest of any church to make sure that the yeah. members of that church yeah. know the gospel, love the gospel to the, to the best of our abilities to discern, mm-hmm. are are born again, right. uh, show evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, show evidence of a new birth, have followed Jesus publicly in baptism. All of those things are, are critical if you're going to hold to a church form of church government. Mm-hmm. That we do, right? Um, so th- there's a lot of reasons for it, but that's that's the biggest one that comes to mind. Yeah. It's protecting the flock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the problem with hey, open the doors, and we're opening the doors right. of the church, and the and, and that's that's a, a it sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah, the problem is when you open the doors of the church, sheep and wolves come in, right. And there's no process for determining, is this person dangerous to the flock? Mm. Is this person a threat to the church, to the to the unity of the church, to the right. doctrine of the church? Right. Uh, and uh, and so it's a way of protecting mm-hmm. the flock and protecting the witness of the church collectively since, sure. since the people within that flock are going to make those decisions. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I think when I think through the membership process,
1: you know, in Scripture, um, it's... It's clear that that church membership is a thing. You know, even mm-hmm. if you don't have the passage of scripture where Paul says, Thou shalt be a church member <laughs> in right. King James. Right. You you can see Mm-mm. the imprint of membership with groups making decisions and being held accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we don't see though is the process of how you become a member. Like sure. there's not yeah. the so then that becomes a prudence and a wisdom you know, uh, situation mm-hmm. where elders and men and, you know, leaders need to determine how can we onboard people um, and, and best protect the church and that's what Chad was, was speaking to and, and my kind of philosophy is we don't want to make it any more difficult than it needs to be. Right. Like so right. because, you know, this isn't a club of elites. Right. Right. It, right. You know, so th- there is a membership process and I do think we need to be wise and discerning with walking people through that. But at the same time, we're not trying to, to make this an elite club and it's difficult to get into or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We don't, we don't add like unnecessary steps or stumbling right. blocks to like, we we don't make you attend like a 12 week seminar and, uh, you know, meet certain milestones or you know whatever. Like there's, there's very, uh, it's very simple <laughs> to join high View, but, there, but it does require something uh, of you to walk through this process. Um, so I think it might be helpful just to, to kind of summarize what we do here. Uh, currently, we uh, invite everyone to what we call uh, Knowing high View. It's just a kind of introductory, first steps uh, kind of member class where we kind of, I always say, it's where we put our cards on the table. Right, like we walk them through what our church uh, organization looks like, leadership, structure, those type of things. We also explain our doctrinal stances, kind of fundamental, um, our baselines of those things. Uh, we talk through our core commitments, our mission, our vision, all those things that we feel like they need to know what they're joining into, what they're becoming a part of. We talk about the member covenant, which uh, we can talk more about in later weeks. Um, but we we lay all those things on the table. And then the second piece is I think perhaps for this particular Uh, step or this particular idea becomes most important. We actually do an interview. So anyone who attends the class becomes or gets invited to meet, to sit down with one of the elders or a couple of the elders and put all their cards on the table, tell us their story, tell us if they're married, how they got to be married, um, what churches they've been a part of, what hurts they've had in the past, what they hope to bring into the church, their giftings, all those kind of things are pulled out. Uh, But also we do something very, very specific with every person, that is brought into this process, which is uh, we ask them what the gospel is, or we ask them what they believe the gospel is. And actually, the, the author in this chapter mentions the same the same thing that at their particular church, uh, they or that he, he mentioned that he loves to be involved in these interviews. And I know we've talked a lot about that, how, how enjoyable those are. Um, but, why do we do that? Um, the author gives some reasons. Yeah. Um, why do we ask those who are seeking to become members what they believe the gospel is
1: I, I can think of two main reasons so um, the first reason is if you can articulate the gospel well that's it 's not a for sure sign, but it 's right. at least a good sign that that you may know the gospel and believe the gospel and be mm-hmm. saved. Um, now I've heard people articulate the gospel that are that are far from Christ, but you know right. one of the main points of the interview is is we're trying to see that there is a a, a confession of faith and some fruit that mm-hmm. um, you know that back yeah. up that profession. So a, a clear explanation of the gospel um, goes a long way. You yeah. know, if, if someone really um, cherishes Christ, then mm-hmm. then they can speak to that. Sometimes now we have had cases where. I've had people that struggle to verbalize kind of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And but I but all through the interview from, like you were saying asking them questions about their life and growing mm-hmm. up, I've heard a testimony yeah. that points to yeah. them trusting in Christ. And so in those cases we we just help them verbalize it. Right. You know, we teach right. them what this is how you say it, you know. Yeah. So that's one reason. Another reason is um I think it's so important as I was just saying, for every Christian to be able to verbalize the gospel um I've found that a lot of times people can can know Christ, but when you ask them to explain the gospel story, they're kind of like, well, um you know, I know Jesus died on the cross and and they they kind of get hung up on just the mm-hmm. the story of the cross and you know and, and Christ coming yeah so we, we like to make that clear and, and we like to tell our members look one of the the processes of are one of the goals of membership is for you to be sharing the gospel and bringing others in. So it's Mm -hmm. so important that you can articulate the gospel well. Right.
0: Yeah. And I mean, ultimately we we say one of our, our very first of our core commitments is that we are a gospel centered church. Um, So if those members are going to bring value, you know, in their, in their own giftings and become a part of this body that does make decisions like you were talking about, Pastor Chad, and uh, we, we want them to know, what the gospel is yeah. so they can become a part of this gospel-centered culture.
1: And sometimes, you know, they they know the gospel, but they don't know that that story is connected to that word gospel. In other words, you're mm, just hung up on that yeah. word. So we'll say, what right. is the gospel? And I've heard people say um, – to to love people, mm. you know, you, we really need right. to love people, right? Well, that's a good thing, and we're instructed to love people, but that's not the gospel, right? Right, but right. but then when you tell them the gospel, and they're like, "Yes, I believe every bit of that. I mm. know that." Yeah. So there's a teaching element too to why yeah. we do that, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's important when we're talking about being a gospel-centered church that we be clear on what yeah gospel is that we're talking like you know what the, what is the good news that yeah. if we're gonna say everything that we do as a church is tied to this reality, Mm -hmm. then what's that reality? And are we all on the same page on what that reality is? And we all, do we all believe that news is true? Um, when you Tyler, when you hear, uh, or or when you're walking people through the membership process here, Mm -hmm. uh, and we come in, you know, we, we come to that, that conversation about gospel centeredness. I'm just curious. How do you, like, how do you describe gospel centeredness to people? Like what, what, what does that What does that mean to you?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good question because I it's one of those things that kind of has become a buzzword, right? In some, yeah, hundred percent. In in the kind of church subculture, uh, yeah. Everyth-
2: I, I ask what people mean by it. Yeah, a everything's gospel centered,
0: right? You have gospel centered right. worship, gospel centered childcare, gospel centered T shirts, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but I think when when we have those conversations with people that are wanting to become part of of Highview, we talk about it ultimately, like everything that we do is informed, shaped, you know, it's going to be highlighting, elevating uh, that gospel story because we ultimately believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, But it's also this, this story of God creating the world, the fallen condition that sin brings it into, the restoration that ultimately comes in Christ is not just the message that saves us, but it's that that same message that sustains us, that carries mm. us along, that we continue trusting, that we continue believing, um, that empowers our, our personal holiness, that empowers our personal walk. Um, but we believe those things ultimately should also empower what the church is doing collectively. It's not just for the individual. It's for for the body, so I think gospel centrality looks like um, not just you know saying the gospel every Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, but it means that we understand the reason that we're all here is because Christ has redeemed us. He's growing us he's shaping us uh, but also pointing others back to yeah. that story as the focal point
1: i like that you use the word informed because that's th- that's the way i think it it can get murky sometimes mm-hmm. when people gospel-centered centered yeah. a yeah. gospel-centered marriage but well, that doesn't mean I, I go home and the first thing i do with my wife is i'd say jesus died for your sins it, right but right. it means that i go home and i love my way in a why in a I love, love your, my wife. I wife. love my right. way and a wife. <laughs> you love your wife. I love my wife in a way that's informed by the gospel. Yes. Because Christ yes. laid down his life for me, I'm going to lay down my life for my wife. Right.
2: So I think that's, I mean, I agree with all that. I've been wrestling with this question because I've, mm. you know, I get friends of mine or, or people that I know that live in different parts of the country or, um, you know, not nearby that are looking for a good church. And, and, and a friend of mine asked me this question not too long ago. Um, it can can there be a church that preaches the gospel that's not gospel centered? Mm. And, and and so the question was mm. like, so so they had, you know heard the sermons mm. and the and the the sermons are like the gospel's being clearly presented, right? Right? Yeah,
0: I, I, that's what I was about to say. I, I was going to give that example of like the the church, not to always hit on the churches I grew up in, but I think uh, largely in our area there are churches who will preach. Uh, moralistic, you know, sermons, they'll, they'll highlight, like, you know, if they're preaching Daniel, like we're doing right now, they'll be, you know, they'll be the dare to be Daniels. They'll be the, uh, you know, the guys that if they're preaching David, they'll say, grab your Check stones out, and rb. kill TV. your, kill your giants. You know, they'll, they'll <laughs> preach that way. And then at the end they'll tack on well you need to trust Christ. You need to Like, and they'll, they'll present the gospel, Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are, are informing their whole ministry by no. And no, no, I would even, yeah.
2: I, I, I'm even talking about go. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. They're kind of tacking on the gospel. Yeah. So it's at the end presented but largely like this kind of, uh, the moralistic therapeutic yeah. deism yes. stuff. And then at the end it's, uh, all right, here's what Jesus but did. What if a church actually preaches, but, but, the gospel. But, but, yeah. but is it possible mm. for a church to preach the gospel? Hmm um and 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 so th- from the pulpit they're hearing the gospel mm. and maybe well, they're hearing good sound expository preaching but their ministries and the culture is that possible well, I, th- mm-hmm. I i don't think
1: ultimately because i think the thing that shapes our culture and our ministries is the gospel is the is, so i think yeah. that's the first step i i think you can you can Go into a church that is preaching the gospel faithfully, and that hasn't emanated all the way out to the farthest parts of the. That's the what I mean. Yeah. I mean, aren't
2: there a lot of good guys who are in unhealthy? Of course. they oh, come sure. into unhealthy churches. Yeah, and,
1: some revitalizers. Yeah. Or, oh you know. gosh, But, but yeah. I think the key to yeah. if you ask the question, how do you solve that though? Right. Is to do exactly what that guy's doing. Preach yeah, gotta, the gospel. It's gotta. Out. It's gotta be. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I don't know a church that's well, a gospel centered. Right that's not gospel centered in its preaching history. Yes. I right. don't know a single right. one.
0: Well, and I think <clears throat> I think that's why the the idea or the word obviously gospel centered can get all mis- misconstrued. But if you think about it in that way, if the gospel truly is at the center, uh, and it is constantly. Um, talked about from the pulpit or, or it, the the preaching is shaped by the gospel and, and the view of the, of the word is not man centered, but God centered, uh, that does from the center begin to emanate out. Uh, and it might be slow, but it does. I think that's the, the ripples that they kind of move out from that central message.
2: Mm -hmm. So we say like the gospel is preached here Mm -hmm. or, or when you say, you know, any church the Yeah. Yeah. They, they preach the gospel there. What are we saying? Hmm. Yeah, like that. That's what I mean. Like, what do we, what does that mean to say? Oh, that church priest. I, is the I think it means mm-hmm. the the high point,
1: um, the the main point of communication that we're trying to communicate to people is the gospel narrative. You will hear other things communicated yeah, right. From, right. from the pulpit, but but our goal um, is to communicate that message clearer and clearer, um, and to drive mm-hmm. it deeper and deeper into the yeah. hearts of our people.
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think that it's the way you handle the Bible mm-hmm. in the pulpit yeah. that. Is ultimately determining and, whether or not your gospel And center. I would like say, a-
1: even Highview Church, we strive to be gospel centered. Mm-hmm. So I think our, our gospel centered preaching is the core. But, you know, I, let's just be honest, you know, all of our ministries at the mm-hmm. very fringes or whatever else, there's a lot more that we can do to to be more gospel centered. So that's right. ever a reforming, you know, oh, growing work yeah. that, that we're hoping yeah. that the preaching of God's word continues to change us. Yeah. You know, so we strive to be gospel centered in all that we right. do. Right.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think that it's about the way that church, you know, any given church, mm-hmm. um, handles or thinks about the Bible. Yeah. And, and it, like, so, so for example, um, it, you know, if you're preaching in Daniel chapter three, mm. right. Um that that fundamentally that the big takeaway from Daniel chapter three, um, which is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace and all mm-hmm. that, it's not about just courage courageousness. Right. Right. <laughs> Being courageous. Um it's it's about a God who enters into mm-hmm. the suffering of people, yeah. And who suffers to deliver them. Yeah. Um, and that's a God. That's the gospel, right? right. So it, otherwise, I mean, it's, it's how you're viewing it. Yeah. Is my point? It's like it, it's not. It's not just a rallying point to stand right. tall against the Nebuchadnezzars Let's of say, our day. Other,
0: otherwise, the message is primarily shame on you. Yeah, do, do better, <laughs> right? right. Like, that's, like you're you're not doing quite as much as you should. And there should stand, be like you know,
2: yeah. my my point is like there should be like as as the church is gathered by the gospel. And and yeah. we're all united in the gospel. Like one of the like when you're when you're preaching, for example, um, we should be preaching convicting sermons and calling mm-hmm. people to repentance and faith. Right. But but the the fundamental like message and story being presented is not shame on you or yeah, do more yeah. better. Yeah. And, uh, and also, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's it's Christ has done this, right? Not right. you do this. It's Christ has done this. And and also a lot of times
1: through you know your preaching and and um, and others here who preach at Highview. Um, it's not like we get up and the first thing we have to say is, uh, you know, the, the story of the crucifixion. And, right, right. You mm-hmm. know, so that, that right, does, that's yeah. not what gospel centered yeah. means. But no. it does yeah. mean because we know that story when mm-hmm. we're presenting a hard truth about, you know, the government right. or a hard truth about sin that's the foundation that our logic Mm -hmm. and our thought process is going to follow through. Right. So it's going to be in accord with the reality that
0: Christ died and was resurrected. I think one practical example of something, especially I'm thinking about right now uh, at Highview is um, building the student ministry. Um, So (laughs) there's a, there are two or I'm sorry, several, probably several different ways to build a student ministry that are not gospel centered, right. That are uh, events centered or that are, I've never, I've never seen a student ministry like that. You never, never been a part of one. Never, I mean, I know that I have. I know, I, I could say I've, I've probably b- built. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been a part of the problem before. Um, but there, there's certainly a way to go about discipling, or, or, or not discipling, but the gathering people, mm-hmm. um, building excitement, um, even, even having engagement among students. That's not really gospel centered. It's more about, uh, oh, we're gathering this. Big group of kids, mm-hmm. and we're having a lot of fun, and we're playing foursquare, and we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're taking them on trips and all this stuff. Um, just because you have a ministry <laughs> or you have a functional, uh, exciting, dynamic, you know, well attended thing, um, doesn't mean that it's fulfilling the mission of God, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the way to answer mm-hmm.
2: a question like that is like with, when it comes to like student ministry or, or children's ministry or, or you name it, is you're asking what are you discipling these people with, right? It, right the gospel mm-hmm. or is this just a literally like a, a slightly spiritualized ongoing yeah. hot dog eating contest every week? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what is it? And the gospel, you know, the gospel message is, is so
1: unique that it, it forces you to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah. if people aren't for being forced to deal with that and their life isn't, in some way being right. turned upside down. Yeah. Then the gospel is probably not central to the message.
2: Right. Josh is an OG in the, in the, uh, Gospel-centered uh, student ministry world. Mm-hmm. He he was preaching shocking youth messages way let's before go. Paul
0: Washer. Yeah, let's go.
2: Paul Washer heard <laughs> him. That's why there was. Ooh. That's why there was twelve students,
0: but they all twelve of them love Jesus. That's so. right. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the the point. Getting back to to this chapter, talking about like who joins the church, who's a part of the church. Um, that's why we, if if the church is going to be gospel centered, then its people have to be gospel centered. If uh, they have to know the gospel, they have to believe the gospel, they have to trust the gospel, and so uh, kind of the, the primary point of this particular chapter is uh, not necessarily he even acknowledges this we're not ever going to fully know the spiritual state of some person that walks in you know and and but it takes a lifetime to see the yeah. fruit of that and to to know that they're ultimately resting their their hope, their trust, you know their life in in the overarching story of the gospel. <clears throat> but he makes this uh, pretty clear in the chapter that those <clears throat> who belong to the church, who become members who become active participants must be born again they, yeah. they have to be they should be um part of the body right part of the body of christ before they can be part of the local body yeah absolutely. Uh, the local manifestation of the church
1: yeah, yeah chad yeah. mentioned this at the beginning just our responsibility to guard the church you know mm-hmm. and so in those pastoral interviews that's the the main thing we're not looking for someone that's you know deep in theology, although that's wonderful, yeah. um, we're not looking for someone that's got all of their life figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for someone that says, Jesus is my only hope. Right. And I know he died right. for me. And, and then welcome into membership. You yep. know, it's, um, it's a group of people that, that cling to Christ and Christ alone. That's, Absolutely. That's really the only...
0: Yep. <clears throat> and again a uh, uh, shameless plug for Ivy students. We've been talking about the uh, the five solas of the Reformation, uh, really much unpacking the gospel. You know, like talking about uh, trusting Scripture alone, and of course, grace alone. This last week, we talked about faith alone. And I read this quote from from Martin Luther, uh, where he says, "May a merciful God preserve me from a church or a Christian church in which everyone is a saint." Mm. He says, "I want to be and remain in the church and the little flock of the faint-hearted." the feeble, the ailing, who feel and recognize the wretchedness of their sin, who sigh and cry to God incessantly for comfort and help, who believe in the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Like that's that's what we're talking about is like we, we don't necessarily, everyone who comes to to high view, uh, we're not asking you to, to be perfect. <laughs> we're not asking you to have it all together, um, but we are uh, – wanting to build a church that is looking to Christ alone as their hope, like you mentioned, knowing that they can go to God.
1: Right. And I think one of the main reasons is so important for us to, to the best of our ability, ensure that it's Christians professing believers Mm -hmm. who are part of the membership is the membership has responsibilities and the things we're asking you to do. You can't do if you don't belong to Christ. Yeah, That's Mm. that's it. I mean, I think
2: that's, that's why all this is, is tied in kind of full circle. This is all this tied in together. Um, as you guys were talking, I just had this thought, um, if the gospel is absent from the pulpit, Mm -hmm. then Christians will be absent from Mm -hmm. the pews. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, so, so if you look around and no one's a Christian in your church, ask yourself, is the church preaching the gospel? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that to, to what, what, what I've found over and over and over and over at Highview, it's not a program that, that brought people here. Yeah. You know, it's it's the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's that's what they're here for. And so um, you can't gather a group of, of true Christians mm-hmm. without preaching the gospel. I mean, that's what they want. Right, like, right. What they want is the gospel. I really believe right. that.
1: And a lot of times mm-hmm. when you have a church that's just, you know, there's infighting and there's bickering, it's because you have an assembly of people that call themselves the church, but there's not really a church membership of repenting believers, right? If you've got a group of people that are repenting believers in Christ, yes, there's going to be problems. There's going to be your normal church discipline thing and discipleship, Mm -hmm. but there's also going to be people laying down their rights for another. And that's really going to be happening. You're going to see that lived out in the life of the church.
2: I I was, uh, I was talking to a a friend of mine who pastors a, uh, a large church and, uh, and uh, I've been, uh, I've been encouraging him to, to do more expositional preaching. Uh, and uh, preach the books of the Bible more and, and that kind of thing. And uh, and and I, 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 one of my appeals recently was this, and I just thought about it as we were talking through this issue. It was, uh, hey, how many of the really like mature Christians in your church are banging down your door for another series on five ways to have a better work week? Right. Like, mm-hmm. how many mature disciples are just blowing you up about, Give us more topics, right? Yeah, they're, none of them, right? None of them, right? The, the, they're the, one, the the mature Christians in the church are the ones like looking for resources outside of the church or looking for additional resources to continue to grow in the gospel because they they love the gospel they want to go deeper into the gospel, um, and, and they want to apply more of it to their lives and so, I, I just think that over time, um, if you stick with the gospel, a group of people will assemble. Mm. Who, who love the gospel? They're not perfect. They're messed up. I think mean, it's the most messed up group of people I've ever been around in my life here. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they they we, the commonality, mm. um, you know, it's not it, it's not anything other than we we all love the same gospel, right? And uh, that's
1: yeah. I would say you know, um, pastoring a church full of believers is hard because believers have sin. We're broken. Mm. Pastoring a church full of
2: nonbelievers is impossible. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a good that's a good word.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Awesome, guys. Any any final thoughts about this idea of who who can belong to a church? I mean, obviously that that being said, all that being said, we would love for you to visit Highview uh, to become a part. I love actually in the chapter, I loved his illustration of like those who kind of come into the come into the church or like those who coming to a family, like another family's Christmas party mm-hmm. uh, kind of crashed Cause you don't belong, like you don't really know any of the people. Uh, they already have their own relational dynamics and tensions and, but like you're kind of walking in and like, maybe they have traditions you don't understand. Or um, you know, he mentions like language that you don't understand. Fruitcake. E- exactly. Well, like you walk into one of those weirdo families, parties that eats, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm,
2: I'm glad you're mentioning th- that issue. Okay. So to be clear, um only Christians can belong to a church, can yeah. join a church, yeah. become covenant members of a church. Yeah. Anyone can attend yeah, a church. And, absolutely. He, and he says that in the book. Oh yeah. Anybody. Um, and so um, you know, it, it really is like uh it's a place for, for broken, messed up sinners. That mm. that's what the church is for. So mm. so we're not saying what we're not saying, what this book isn't saying is clean yourself up, get yourself right, get your right. gospel clarified,
0: put on a suit.
2: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and, and come, come on. The and then you can come everything. belong right uh, to the church. Mm. Um or or then you can uh, darken the doorways of this right. church cuz here right. everyone loves the gospel and everyone no no no. no. Mm. Like what we're saying is to belong to a church it, as a as a covenant member, um you must be a Christian and you must love the gospel mm. and you must be clear on the gospel and 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 yeah. be baptized. But but anyone is always welcome to come hear the yes. gospel because it's the gospel that transforms people into right. people who love the gospel.
0: Right. Amen. Boom. Gospeled. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Boom. Roasted.
1: <laughs> yeah. The opposite of roasted. The opposite, yes. <laughs> saved. Boom. Exactly. <Although>, <laughs> Regenerated.
2: Uh, <laughs> although um, I was struggling last week when I was preaching on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Fiery Furnace, I was struggling for a, a you sermon have been title. Boom, roasted. And he oh, suggested Tyler suggested I boom. Did, yes. roasted. Boom, roasted. Yes. But he that didn't. was an opportunity
1: missed, man. Didn't do it. You know what I named it? The stand. Something not as good as that. The <laughs> stand.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which that's, that's a good song. It, yeah, mm. it's kind of a, it's kind of an Easter egg. Mm. Because that's my one of my least favorite contemporary <laughs> yeah. Christian yeah.
0: songs. Point being, if you want a solid like pun or a good sermon title, come to your come to your boy. Oh come, man, he's got come a, to Tyler. All, all you who do, can't think of sermon titles, yeah. and I will give you puns.
1: <laughs> Boom, roasted. Man, that would have been such a great sermon title. Oh. Oh,
0: well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening with us on the Hobby Podcast. Hope you're enjoying this series. And again, if you want to claim a copy of Rediscover Church. We want you to visit iTunes and give us a rating and a review. Uh, Make it nice. Uh, Use your name so we can know who you are, and uh, we'll get you one of these copies of the book. If you're not uh, attending hy Church, you are certainly invited, and uh, if you want to join hy Church, um, we'll take you through that process as well. Talk with you, you ask you what you believe the gospel is, and uh, hopefully, maybe some of you will become uh, covenant members here. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So we're excited to continue talking about what the church is and how we can rediscover what it means for us, how we can become a productive part of this family. And uh, we're glad you're joining in on these conversations and we'll see you in the next one.